0: Welcome to another episode of Unscripted Exchanges. I'm your co-host, Cole. I've got Hayden sitting right next to me. And we are super stoked, super, super stoked. I like that word today, stoked. Stoked <laughs> to have Hari Kunduru on. Hari, thank you for being on here. Um, Look I'll at give, that crowd noise. I'm going to give him a little bit of a pump up. I'm going to pump him up a little bit. But I can tell you guys, Hari is an entrepreneur He's uh he's got a background in software development. He's done all sorts of unbelievable things. He currently runs his own company called Zoptics, which is I'm super excited to get into the backstory of that, how it came about, his journey. Um, but again, just like an all around awesome person. So thank you for joining us, Hari.
1: Yeah, glad to be here, guys. Thanks for inviting me.
0: Awesome, awesome. So I'm gonna hit I'm gonna hit the ground hot, Hari, because I was thinking about this on the way over to the studio. And I was like, man, there's just so many different routes we can go with this conversation today. But one of the things that I, that really stuck out to me when we talked, I don't know, two weeks ago, was your journey, your entrepreneurship journey, where it started, and then where you're at now. Can you walk me through like, you know, what your so Zoptix, talking about Zoptix, tell me where like, where did Zoptix, why did you start Zoptix, what did it look at in the early days, and then you know, what kind of th- things evolved over time and where you're at today?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, Zoppies has been a journey. That was just like my life pretty much, but, um, it started in 2017. I was graduated from Ohio state, uh, in 2016. I was working with the air force back then. Um, I actually studied biology mm. I she didn't study software development or anything. I took a few courses at OSU, but it wasn't like anything productive per se. Interesting. Um, and when I got into the airports and I was working with their projects, I was just like picking things up pretty quick. You know, I was starting with QA, so that's like making sure what they were building was working, but then I was going into business analysis, like actually doing like the the requirement gathering and talking with people and the clients and everything. And then I got lost to the zoo, you know, in Columbus Zoo, it's a big, big zoo. And I just got lost. And I just circled around like the lion cage, like four times.
0: <laughs> I was trying to find a
1: path. Yeah. But, and I was like, uh, well, I can't find a map. And I didn't think, I think they had like the internet but I don't think my phone connected. And so I was like, wow, maybe if I had like a, you know, a GPS map I would definitely be able to get out of the zoo now. Um, so that's where the idea started. And the first concept of Zoptics was a centralized zoo map app. Um, so I kind of went, created that, you know, raised about 50K um, from a pool of angels and uh built out a product and you know took it to market the thing is we didn't find product market fit that you know zoos zoos inherently uh are not tech forward mm-hmm. right um and also this is 2017 Zo- this is not a critical a mission critical software that they need it's not like ticketing or something right. um so you know they zoos have been running on the same business model for centuries now you know People yeah,
0: getting them it. to change yeah. is, is tough. Yeah, and
1: they, and they get you know uh, concessions and stuff. And that's where a lot of their money comes from. Um, so, you know, I went to a couple of conferences, and around 2018, I ran out of money. And I was like, okay, well, I have this expensive platform that I need to operate, and I don't really have the money to keep it up. So I went and got a job um, converting data for cops. Hmm. Um, so all those like 911 call centers, jail systems, um, like the systems they have in the cop cars. Right. Um, the company I worked for would sell this new system to them. And I would I want to convert like decades of old data into their new system so it'd be ready to go for them. Um, throughout this entire time though, I was working on Zopix on the side and I converted it into an enterprise zoo system. So it was going direct to Zoo to Zoo and saying, "Hey, this is going to be your new digital Zoo It's interactive, but it's completely branded for you, instead of the centralized concept." Um,
0: so you made it per- per- you made it more customized then.
1: Yeah, personalized, okay. customized, and it's like a it's like a more of a service, um, and more web based instead of app based. Okay, um, so it's just an extension of their existing website, and it was just easier for for people to access then mm-hmm. and we found traction with that you know we had a lot of people were more interested and they understood it better than having our platform and we would come to that or people would come to us and come to that um and right around early 2020 i had a bunch of contracts in hand so i left that i uh, left the data conversion job was and know started working on zoo contracts but then covid rolled around Hmm. around april ish you know february march april yeah um and all the zoos were like well we don't really have people to
0: (laughs) right right
1: (laughs) like like what we're going to use the map for all right we don't really need this right now um and i lost like 80 percent of my revenue stream and it took a while to build that revenue stream too because zoos you know, it's enterprise, any kind of enterprise sales it takes months and months, especially when it's like a new concept, new product, new player in the market that's new. You got to
0: prove yourself. It takes a long time. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's a mountain. You know, you, the first dozen mountains, right? They're, they're hard climbs, but after you get through the first three, it's, you kind of know how to mountain a mountain right? So, right. Um, so I was talking to the Philly Zoo. They were like, Harry, oh, we're about to lose $2 million in field trip revenue this year. I was like, "Can I make you a virtual field trip? You know, using the existing map, and it's nothing as what we have today." But they took it and you know showed it to a few teachers, and eventually sold it. So now we have a concept, a virtual field trip, and people that needed to that would be open to buying something like this. And I didn't need to limit myself to the zoo world or wildlife in general. So I took that concept, and you know, now we have like sixteen. Different virtual field trips. We have augmented reality, and I call them holograms. Um, and it's like a edtech slash zoo tech company. So you know, they both of them synergize really well, and they just play off each other really well.
2: I'm so intrigued. I got so many questions here <laughs> and all that. And, and first of all, I, I love your your story and your journey. I mean, you kind of stuck through uh, things, especially as they got, uh, pretty, pretty bleak. Um, but look where you are now. And it's, it's amazing. So I guess the the first question, uh, top of mind here is, um, one, what made you want to get into like the, the software space? Because you said you studied like biology growing up and like, I mean, you, you kind of did touch on it, but like why did you end up pivoting over into the the tech space?
1: Um, so tech is where all modern pro- progress is going to be
2: made. Sure, no
1: matter. Mm-hmm. Um, software itself is you know the highest margin business in the world. You know we any software company that knows what they're doing, they're running on eighty to ninety percent margins. Yeah, most of the time. So it's very high high margin, very easy comparatively. To actually execute and implement from a very, you know, early stage. Mm -hmm. You know, nowadays you don't even have to go buy servers like they used to do in in the the early two thousands and stuff. Um, We're backed by AWS, like we're Amazon. You know, they're we're part of their incubator now, and so they take care of our server credits, and it's basically free hosting. And that's you know, free hosting is like a big operator. That's huge. I mean,
2: who isn't using AWS, right? Isn't it like a ridiculous percentage? (laughs)
1: pretty much you know it's like azure aws and google crowd are the biggest ones and yeah. aws was it um they also just have good you know they, they they're the biggest you know and when you when you say you're backed by amazon it opens up doors
0: yeah are you guys at, you guys are part of their incubator
1: yes it's called aws ed start it's one of their many incubators
0: okay there. that's awesome
2: now i um, sorry go ahead Harry. go ahead
1: but yeah you know even when i was younger though like I think we're the same age. Like we were we grew up playing like PS1, PS2, mm-hmm. Nintendo. And, and so when I was younger, you know, one of the games that I really wanted I was like really into was called Diablo 2. And it's yeah. just like this, uh it's like a role-playing game, you know, kind of like World of Warcraft. But I into World of Warcraft. But the thing is, it's a grind like any other game most of the times. And so I, I actually my very first intro into tech was one that's that my family was already into the, into the industry, you know, they they do software development and, and, and IT development. Um, but two, you know, my very first project was just botting Diablo 2. Like I just didn't want to grind anymore. And so I built out a bot for that. And that's actually like, I didn't realize it then, but it's actually a pretty complex thing to build out a bot and like <laughs> automate uh, will create yeah. a character to play the game for you. Um, and so, you know, a year, a year and a half into that i had like you know perfect everything i had like the best gear i would like i could do like 10 people runs and i and i would do a lot automatically like, i would go to school and just like let the thing run while i was in school and come back and like yeah i don't know it was Hari, high school Hari. Right? You know? <laughs> um, but i still had friends i wasn't like it was like a closet thing like i just kept it in the closet no one really ever knew um Except my mom, like she would like hear the, the, the laptop running. It would be like super high volume because the fan and get hot. Um, and then she would close it and it would be like, oh, well, Ma, I need that to run. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, I graduated high school, needed to get out of Chapel Hill. I actually grew up in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Um, it's a bit of a bubble, you know, it's a, it's a unique bubble, but it's a bit of a bubble. And so I went to Ohio State, um, well, I actually met Troy at uh, you know, uh where you no how the Troy's how me and Cole. Yes,
0: Troy's uh, Troy. Huh. Okay, that's the yeah. connection. Okay. Yeah, that's how we connected. Yeah. Very cool.
1: Yep. And um, you know, it was a wild time, you know. Like we went to Ohio State had like three national championships twenty twelve <laughs> to twenty sixteen. Yep. Um, so it was fun. It was very transformative. You know, the Hari high school Hari kind of just got left there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> And again, when, after I graduated college, I college, Marty got left at Ohio State, but it's all, it's been great. Um, and I think I, I learned a lot of skills at, at Ohio State, more, not necessarily through the school, but like I was part of this fraternity called Fide Out and it was about the people, like how are you working with people? How do you compare yourself with people? How you operate things? And like the very basics of networking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that really helped and, yeah you know after after I lost the money or after I lose the money, after I didn't have the money, I just started developing myself again um in a more critical you know purposeful way for Zoptix. optics um and that was you know with the data conversion stuff and on the side for everything
0: i want to come before we jump i wanna i wanna point out uh, well you said two things that I really liked. I mean a lot of things I really liked Harry, but <clears throat> what i really i just for some reason they stuck with me as you said. When I left, high school, I left high school, I left that Hari behind. And then when I left college, I left the college Hari behind. And that's like – I mean I don't know if you know how like actually like deeply uh, emotionally intelligent that is of you to do that. But that is like – because a lot of people I feel like go through life and they have these different phases and they try to like take this phase they're in. And then bring it with them into a whole different, like like high school to college is a big transition. There's
2: some kids that still think they're I shouldn't call them kids. There's some <laughs> adults that still think they're living in college. And yeah, it's like there's life beyond college, and there's so much more. Well, that there, you can and do.
0: just you're de- when you get out of college, you're in the real world. You're not in school. Yeah, and you've got to make a you've got to shake right. If you get a new job, you got to be able. You got to be there right on time. You can't have you've got responsibility you, exactly. <laughs> and I just think that I don't know. I to me that just felt like so like you really understand what you wanted to do, where you need to go and you it sounded like you enjoyed it while you were in the moment and then you're like okay, this is my next phase. And I just thought that was it's a really I've never heard somebody put it that way. I left the high school hurry behind and went to college. And then I left the college hurry behind, and I went into the real world. I just thought that was super neat. Yeah, you you beat me to it, Cole. I mean, that that really hit deep there and I I
2: think, you know, how you've applied that to to your business life is you know, when you talk about the Hari from high school and college, like you're evolving and it sounds like you're taking that same type of philosophy or way of thinking and applying that to your business. Like when you first started out with your venture, you know, you were doing X, Y, and Z and look at where you are today. It's completely different or maybe not completely different, but you're definitely, you know, willing to change and adapt. And that's what makes a good company. Because if you continue to do the same thing time and time again, Statistically speaking, you're going to end up, you know, uh, not surviving. So very cool hearing your story and the way that you've been, uh, sharing those details. Really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Thanks guys. It's definitely transformative, but, um, you know, as men, right. We have to level up. Like we are constantly leveling up. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes when you, when you're, when you just leave a level behind, you don't want to go play that level again. Like you you mastered that. right? Right. So (laughs) Um, you know, I, I guess you guys might, maybe you guys played football in, in high school. Yeah. Ohio, the big football state. So, um, you know, when you're tackling the first dozen, right. The, the block, um, it's probably, you know, you, it, you're probably full of energy, right. Right. Yeah, but then when you get to the second, the, the back half, it's like, okay, well now I can actually do it like that. Or when you're doing reps, it's like those last two reps make, make they make the difference. Right. So. Um, you know, once you, ha- once you progress, even like weightlifting, athletics, whatever it is, um, you know, we, as we grow up as men or women or whoever, you know, we kind of have to like complete that level and take on new challenges. And I, that's what I try to do. And oftentimes, you know, I'll go back and meet my high school friends and they won't even recognize me. Like, they're like, who is this guy? Like, that's so cool uh, to hear. And same thing with like college and it's hard transfer. It's a hard transition. It takes about a year. Mm-hmm. Um like after the each reach phase. But when you do it, you're just exposed to a bigger world. Because the world is so big. Mm-hmm. Like it's incredibly big. Yep. Um and yeah, yeah, that's just how I think of it.
2: Just dropping so much wisdom I here know. with us I, right?
1: really? I wanted to ask you
0: because <laughs> Dude, I'm glad we had you on, man. You're you're sharing some <laughs> You're 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 taking things like concepts and making them so crystal clear. I like the leveling up, even too—that's your gamer background, isn't it?
1: Uh, a little bit. But yeah. Also, I teach like K through eight kids, so I have to make it clear for them. Do you? Kids, so. Damn. Well, that's what the virtual. Oh yeah, the virtual.
0: Yeah, you, yeah. You got you got to be able to make it like simplify it enough so it's crystal. Okay, That's probably helped yeah. you a ton to like, explain things in a simpler way, hasn't it?
1: It makes me a better storyteller, and I think stories are a easy are a, one of the best ways to tell or teach. So
2: yeah, one hundred percent. That's what we're trying to work on over here is better storytelling.
0: Hayden's got some work to do. I do. Seriously, <laughs> so serious. It's an uphill battle. He'll get there eventually. So I had a few questions Careful myself. Cool. You you mentioned earlier
2: on, uh, Hari, that you're primarily focused <laughs> on web application or your web-based. Why, why web and not app? Because I feel like more and more people are shift, like everyone's on their phone these days, you know, good or bad. And I feel like an app might be easier to use. Maybe not. So educate us all on that.
1: Yeah, so um, we did build apps. And I can build an app, you know, I can have it released. But the thing is, um, when was the last time you downloaded a new app for anything? Like, and actually just kept it around and used it? Uh, it's been a while, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So with the thing with this kind of things, or with us, is that in schools, many teachers, they're not allowed to download apps.
2: Uh, true.
1: Um, and our, our website is actually a progressive web app. So it's responsive. It's it acts and feels like a real app. Sure. But it's not a downloadable app. The other thing about that is we don't have to face the restrictions that Apple and Google give us. Mm. So even our holograms, where we can like bring a line into your room, it's all through the web. And it's It's not through a separate app, and it keeps updates super fast. So I can literally you know snap a finger, launch another update, and with that, with that is the development cost, right? I if I build for web. And do a progressive web app. I don't have to worry about native mm-hmm. app developers, Apple and Google, and even Amazon, right? You know, but everything's through the internet, and everything's just like through there. It's one thing that operates com- fluidly for every single buddy, every single person, because
0: well, you can just open it. a web browser to use it versus having to go. Yeah, because I know I remember, like, if you are gonna go build an app for like, yeah, like Apple or for Android, like you can do universal apps. But most of the time you have to build, like specify it like for a native IO like for native. There's a lot of restrictions or yeah, guidelines I mean, that you have to follow. Yeah. Well yeah, and you have to make changes. So you really have to pay for this app and then you have to go and pay to have this one changed for. Like it's it's a little bit more expensive doing it that way too. It's a process. Yeah. I mean
2: I I work with uh, a bunch of developers uh day to day myself. So I I mean I, I know a little. I'm not gonna act like I know a lot. And I think with um and I could be wrong here, so hold me honest. If you were building an app, and maybe it's for both Google um, and uh, Apple, but it, it it takes a while to get approved, right? Or it can. So like you're at the mercy of like when they're willing to approve like whatever it is that you're releasing.
1: Um. Usually, the first round is about a week or yeah, two. Yeah. Right. Take for. One, Usually Google Google is usually more lenient. Okay. Apple is more stringent about their their policies and everything, mm-hmm. especially for us because we're like child focused. Yep. Um, but once you're in the flow and you know the the app review team knows like the company and what the app is, they is automated pretty much. You know they they have their ways to to push it up through real quick. But the the last thing I want to say is you know as a company it doesn't matter the 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 method that you deliver your value. Sure. So it doesn't matter if it's an app if it's a website, it's what is the value that you're delivering and how is it being delivered effectively? So we can send emails with the holograms and have like a little virtual field trip and it, people would still get a easy work, mini virtual field trip in in their email inbox. Or we can have the, the the LMS basically, that we call it a passport and people can go in and it'll be more interactive but it's about the value that you're delivering, not the actual form factor. The form factor, when you're, you know, multi, multi-million dollar company, then it makes sense and you can optimize it. And you can put the money behind it. But when you're young and you're a startup, it's about what is the value that you're delivering to your customer that they're willing to pay for. And most people are just fine with just using a website.
2: That's so damn insightful. So my, again, my mind's spinning so many questions that I could ask you. Um, is this primarily like do uh schools or institutions have to work out a deal with you or can like a cole and hayden choose to do a virtual tour how does that all work
1: yeah so our our biggest early adopters were actually just homeschooling moms and dads oh wow you know they just wanted enrichment so you can go on our website and just buy anything um we also have like you know we've scaled into classrooms and in on the district's levels we do it enterprise sales wise but up to like twenty five kids in one classroom, you know, it's like automated through the website.
0: So that's so awesome. So uh, now I'm, I'm I'm getting into the the sales the sales side of me is getting curious. Uh, <clears throat> so let me ask you this: so you're you're doing this, you're you're basically running everything yourself, correct? I mean, you've done the software dev, customer support, you know,
1: Pretty sales. Much help. Pretty much every I have help, of course. Um, you know, we have a team of about like twenty-five different contractors that come in and out okay. as we're building up field trips as for various parts of the business. Okay,
0: okay. But like consistently you're you're doing this, you're you're kind of managing overseeing all of it. So yes. walk me through, you know, your when you first started approaching this the sales aspect of it, because my belief is with any business, I liked how you lined up. You kind of aligned with you know, you've got to create a value, and, and how you deliver that value is important. But it's you got to know what your value is, right? And your value is also going to be driven by what people are willing to spend money on. If you can get people to spend money on something, and it's making and they're getting something out of it that's valuable, I love I love that. I believe that the first step to successful business, in my mind, the biggest first big milestone is getting somebody to pay, whether they're paying you're making any money. On the service or not, but you might be losing money. But to get somebody to say, "Hey, here's my credit card," or a here's, paying customer, yeah, a paying customer, somebody that's willing to buy it. That's when you get, and then you have to get more validation. So, my question is, when you started off, like, what was your approach? Were you going and and walking into the zoos, and or were you calling and setting meetings? And then, what are you doing now today to continue to to prospect and grow that?
1: Yeah, well, it's been a journey for sales as well. And so my very first zoo that I reached out to was Columbus Zoo, okay. And um, you know, the company even today is actually headquartered in Columbus, Ohio. Um, but you know, I I just cold emailed the IT director and I called him like three times. And you know, I I wrote a really good cold email, like very personalized about it and showing them what it was all about. And I went in and pitched it to him like three different times. You know um and he took it to his board and you know it things led from one step to another from there but um eventually it's just conferences like i am not from the zoo world like i knew nobody in the zoo world before i made this app uh slash software so i went to conferences and the very first one that was like uh it wasn't even relevant that much it was called the azfa it was up in cleveland Uh, Or not in Cleveland, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, (laughs)
0: That's where my wife's from. I lived there for a couple (laughs) of years.
1: Um, But, you know, it was just like the facilities guys. So it wasn't even the marketing department. The only marketing department that showed up was like Detroit Zoo because they were in Michigan. Um, But the facilities guys, you know, we just drank beer. like had a good time and they forwarded my emails to the marketing departments for their zoos. Um and you know it took a long while to actually, you know, warm everything up and actually get our website and our pitch and everything uh sorted through. But then, you know, LinkedIn has been great. You know, I you partner with people, you reach out, um, and it, it's it takes years, especially when you're starting out. It takes a couple of years uh-huh. at least, um, to get to just be present there, especially in a new industry. Um, but once you're there and you kind of got this like this build up right this momentum um and you, you can you you feel it you just know you, you feel it like your sales calls are easier people are more responsive to you mm-hmm. um you know they might have heard a little bit of gossip about this and that right and it's like a new tech and something and so the people will just you know they'll be like oh you know yeah i'll take a call with you i'll take a demo with you and then it turns into proposals and then it's like this, this life cycle of proposal. um nowadays with the virtual field trip it's it's more you know automated because B and not b2b right um you know we're really going into b2b during this coming school year in the fall okay really um so it's a little bit just dis- it's this it's different though it's like b2b district scales the sales is pretty it's pretty hard to sell mm-hmm. um like our our biggest competitor is probably like discovery education mm. and they've They've got a monopoly because they're just so big and they have, you know, they've already got, they've already established everything, right? Would you ever Uh sell
2: to them, like if they try to acquire you? Like, I guess Um, I'm sure that it it depends, maybe, maybe not, or
1: I haven't really thought about being acquired. I think I can take what we have and make our own education company sure i believe an education company is the company that can last 100 years if you think about pearson McGraw hill heck yeah scholastic even um and it's it's due for a change like it's it's been a while since we've had a good education company come out that actually teaches differently right um and we see that in modern education like when we grew up, we were built to be like factory workers, yep. you know, just go to a corporate job,
0: <laughs> literally punch the, the clock, do the, yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and that, that, that's actually good for the time that it was conceptualized mm-hmm. in like the Henry Ford era yep. for, for like the world war II factory machine. But now, you know, with automation, with AI that's coming and like the, the, we don't need labor as much, you you know, we need problem solving. And the, the existing education system doesn't exactly cater to the problem-solving mentality that the real world needs. Um, any, even just any corporate job, like America specifically. Now you go to India or China, they need labor. Yep. You know, so that, that model works for them because they have a lot of people, they have a lot of jobs to fill and a lot of them are just factory labor jobs
0: because
1: right. um, they're going through their industrial revolution.
0: Well, I was gonna. I would. I would add to that too. I would say that I. I, I liked where your head's at, and I think that that vision of, you know, becoming an education company and growing this, that's doing things differently and adapting to where we need to be right now. As a parent, because I've got two daughters, or I've got an eight-year-old and a an eight-month-old, but I can tell you, like, we love our daughter's school, but there's things they do very well and there's time and there's things that my daughter will come back or we'll get and we're we'll like man this is cool like this is this, this is engaging this is this is teaching you to think outside the box this is teaching you that
2: this is teaching mom and dad too yeah, right yeah <laughs> and
0: then there's sometimes she comes back and she shows me something they're doing and I'm like that's like a robot it's just like they're want you know it's it's, tip- it's the typical way we've all like, most elementary schools and things have learned is let's do it this way and and, and get these grades and do it this way and uh, I've felt, you know, that's put a lot bigger burden on parents over the past five, 10 years to fill that gap. Like there's a gap between where your kids are getting into school and what they're going to need later in life and where our our culture and our technology and, and just everything's headed. So we have to help fill that gap and help prepare them more. So I, I think that's, a super cool vision and mission you have to bring out, bring about an education company that's doing things differently and addressing some of those gaps.
1: And it's not even that we're doing things differently. It's just that we're doing things how, you know, thousands of years ago they were done. So it's in Rome, they used to have a classical education called. And even the, the wealthiest of humanity today, they adopt, this classical education model where it's like the first few years it's like memorization then it's like going into theory and then it's critical thinking and this is all before eighth grade and then and then once you're like eighth grade you know eighth grade is like 13 14 right right then you go into like specializations apprenticeships instead of high school where you're kind of doing more memorization nowadays right it's kind of setting up those foundations and with homeschool with homeschooling you know parents have earned that control they can give you the guidance and let you kind of do that so you know they provide that and when you're super wealthy you can also do that right but um it's about you know it's kind of just reverting right mm-hmm. and we have the technology we're just trying to do that it's just a it's a complex thing right so we're talking about millions if not billions of kids that need to go through
0: this so. right
2: Speaking of education, and I don't want this to come off as like a, a binary question of yes or no, but for anyone that's interested in getting into like computer science or wanting to be a developer, how would you guide them? Or, like, what are your thoughts on? should I spend, you know, $50,000 a year or whatever it is to go to, to college? Or should I take, you know, these, there's plenty of boot camps that you can sign up for and they're much more affordable. Like at the end of the day, like it's all about your ROI, or at least that's how I think. And I think too many of us are sold on this idea of we have to go to college. And I think you kind of have to take a step back and really evaluate, like, what are you trying to actually do first? And then you can start to figure out if college makes sense. I'm trying to answer my own question, but I wanted to get your thoughts, especially uh, in the field of computer science or developing.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's two sides to this, right? So one is that college does actually show that you can complete a project, a long term project and see things through the end that's actually more valuable than what you actually learn to an employer.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. um, a lot of people, especially in the the TikTok world that we live in, right? It's like 30 seconds and we have short focus times. Yeah. Um, so the ability to, you know, take on a project or a mission and complete it, that's actually very, it's very essential mm. to any company that you're trying to go into. So it shows that. So one, that's great to show, but specifically for like computer science, you know, There are tons and tons of free resources. Like I, a lot of my learning is just working YouTube. You know, Udemy. Udemy is like you can get one for like twelve dollars for. Oh,
0: Udemy's awesome.
1: Yep, and even like the boot camps, they're great for structure. You know, a lot of people need structure and regimented like courses to to structure their time in their own life to commit to it um so you know when you're why do people pay for a gym membership right like they they're knowing that they're paying money to this and it's going to go to waste and so it's more of an incentive now do they actually go and study you know that's it's whatever you put in is what you get out so and that's with everything whether it's a course whether it's college whether it's a udemy course um there's only so much that the instructor or program or regiment can actually do yep uh
0: Awesome. Well, you got to know why you're going in in the first place too. I think it's like with anything else, like why you're starting. If you don't know why you're starting something, if you're just starting it because you had a whim, most of nine times out of ten, you're not going to follow through with it. But if you understand why, you're going to go on it with a different perspective. Like, okay, I'm doing this because it's going to. I'm going to start a company that can do this X Y Z. Then I'm going to go into it with a different mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Hari. Sorry.
1: No, no, I was just saying. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. <laughs> thanks. 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 To, to
2: piggyback on that, I, I think a lot of people get, um, again, they, they get sold on this false reality of, you know, starting a company is easy, like anyone can do it. And they don't always think under the mindset of, yeah, wh- what's the why or what problem is out there and like, how do I solve for that? And just hearing your story, like you knew like right off the bat, like there was this opportunity to help out these zoos. Whereas, and I'm kind of knocking myself here, like, you know, I started a t shirt company like eight years ago. Like anyone can start a t shirt company. You know, what problem am I actually solving for? I- I'm really not solving a, a major problem. And again, I-, I don't need to be too critical here, but I'm just trying to, you know, compare and contrast like with what you're doing, for example, like you're you're act you started with, okay, here's a problem or here's an opportunity. How do I go out and build a solution for this versus, oh, I'm going to build this, people are going to come. Now, that's not really the case. Like, you want to start with what's your why, what's the problem, and how do I put forth like a, a solution that's going to drive value, as you mentioned earlier?
1: Yes, I would say successful companies do that, but that's not to knock on like your t shirt company, right? Like, you probably learned quite a few things through the process of creating that business. Totally. Uh, yeah. And so th- those add up. You know, it's like Legos. You just build those up throughout your life. Mm-hmm. And even now, you know, a lot of things. You know, I, did I really recognize that my Diablo 2 bot was going to help me with software development 10 years later? No, that's not how it really works. For example, you know, going back to the football field, right? Mm-hmm. When you're when you, you're after practice, you, I don't know if you guys had a hose, but we would just drink from the hose. Yep. And it was the best water. <laughs> Literally, we wouldn't care if it was like, I mean, we were young back then, so I didn't know about contaminants and stuff. Like <laughs> none of us did, <laughs> but it was it was still great water, right? Like mm-hmm. It was just water, and it, it was what we needed. But that's how the world works. The world is a continuous flow of water from a hose, and you drink. You take your sip of water, and then you pass the hose, and eventually, if you want some more water, you wait it out and you take another sip. Mm-hmm. And if everyone's done drinking water, the more water you can drink from there, then more satisfied your you are. But eventually, you can go build out your own water fountain. That's what a business is, right? So you can have
0: <laughs> so your own saying, water
1: fountain. Why are you,
0: you're getting my brain all tingly today. I love I that. It's
1: theoretical and it's a little bit um, fancy, but imagine it, right? Like if you have your own water fountain and maybe it's like one of those fancy like glowing fountain, or like the... The, the the shower bathroom, right right and then what else are you feeding there you're feeding the birds squirrels snakes you know and to, if those those animals they can also be applied to people you know all those animals come to the water source um once it's it's like a fertile thing so the world is like that you know you, you, there's always water and flowing take your step when you can when you're younger when it's just you but then you build it up and then it's like a water fountain and you're paying at salaries, you're paying at contracts, you know, people are coming in, people are going out and it it just becomes bigger and bigger. And then, you know, fast forward 20, 30, 40 years, and you've got like a whole ocean or a lake. And it's like, I know I'm doing the whole, what is it called? Analogy, metaphor, one of those things, right? Um, I love it though. Yeah. It's like, it's how the world works and it hasn't changed in, millennium mm-hmm. uh, but once you understand the fundamental principles that the water is value then you can just take that and apply it and you can recognize value in water wherever it is
2: i think
0: harry's got the uh the storytelling down uh, as my dad likes to say <laughs> harry's got a lot of oxygen to his brain <laughs> yes he does he, he <laughs> he's o- operating on another level yeah dude i love it it's a good have you ever heard that saying
1: oxygen
0: yeah yeah the oxygen my, my dad good... always jokes he whenever he hears somebody that's super intelligent and super well-spoken he goes man they got a lot oh. of oxygen flowing to their brain that's what he always said <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i found myself I mean, losing it lately
1: i, I do my hit workouts and they like they do like the code too but yeah that's a new thing i learned today
0: huh yeah there you go heck yeah <laughs> um so i was gonna ask you this cause we're getting close to time i don't want to take too much more hurry because this has been just like I, I'm usually pretty quick to jump back and, and clap back on some comments, but he's—you've been so insightful. One of the things I wanted to, to understand and 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 know is what is the biggest lesson you've learned from your entrepreneurship journey? But just you, maybe the past sounds like the past eight years, maybe. Like, I mean, maybe there's a different, maybe there's an overlapping one. But I don't want to just focus on entrepreneurship because it sounds like you've done a lot of you know finding yourself and like self like a lot of self awareness and understanding what stage you're at in life like that takes a lot of deep thinking and and consideration so like what is what is something like the biggest like the one thing you've learned the most out, out of this this last maybe 8 years
1: well there's so many yeah right? pick, your
0: is, pick your favorite pick your favorite
1: yeah I'll, I'll pick a few and Okay, I'm just through those Perfect. but um one is to really find what your goal is. What are you trying to do? What is your goal in life? What do you, like, what do you want to get out of it? I mean, Cole, I mean, you have kids. That's awesome. But that's probably been the goal uh, for many. It's like an intrinsic male goal to have to pass on your genes. Right. Right. Um, but do you want wealth? Do you want love? Do you want power? Do you want money? You know, many men are driven by whatever it is that they're told to be driven by, you know. But once you figure out what you actually want and you just go for it, then it's like, okay, this is what I want to build. This is my life path per se, no air quotes. And then you just keep working at it and it's just a drive, you know? Like when, like Napoleon, Julius Caesar, any of these guys, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, right? They're more modern guys. Their companies are modern day empires that affect how the world works. Mm -hmm. You know, the government is great joe biden president but he's still elected you know like whenever you create something that's under your control that affects the world at a better place yeah you know, like that's that's a whole different level of operation um secondly is you know goal setting breaking down i call this first principles taking down a big goal so think about your Millennium Falcon Lego thing. Right? right. And breaking it down into little components, breaking it down into even, like, breaking it down to, like, the, the starboard, the wings, the the thrusters, and then breaking those down into individual pieces. And then, at that point, you have, you know, Alice in Wonderland's golden pathway. You can you can make sure you can take step by step and make progress. And once you're seeing progress, that's momentum. And internally, you're seeing, hey... Something's working out, you know. Like something's making something's making progress, and we're intrinsically as humans driven by that. Like we like making progress. When in the mm-hmm. gym, we like doing our reps, completing things. It provides us a little hit of dopamine. Um, so when you just like completing things, as mo- every human does, right, and you get that hit of dopamine again and again, you know, you the other things that don't give you the same kind of do- dopamine hits. Talking about alcohol weed nicotine especially with the, va- the vape sticks the kids have nowadays um you know that hit doesn't it doesn't satisfy the cravings as much mm-hmm. you know um and so you know you just not, that's part of the journey and you kind of just figure it out um and lastly it's like you know for me it's like legacy like after i'm gone i'll probably live like 75 years 80 years give or take right like what am i going to be leaving behind and a lot of men, it's, it, you know, it's hard to understand that life is short, you know, and whatever you do, it's great. And your family is going to be the number one priority. And oh, you probably have recognized this because you have kids, mm-hmm. but your kids are your legacy now. And what you pass on to them is going to be passed on to them, to their children, et cetera. Um, I just don't know much about you, Josh. That's why I'm not, uh, I'm picking on you, but um, but yeah, that's what I think, you know, and it's, it's all about like what you want to do and what you want. And if you're just going to, if mm-hmm. you're going to go 100, 100%. I,
2: I got one last question and then yeah, for real, we'll, uh, we'll wrap things up. Uh, we're getting a little long, but really appreciate your time. So what, what's next for it's
1: Sunday morning? You know?
2: if you to go i mean we, we could but uh i know cole's got some things to jump to and i, I got i, do a, I well. got a
0: family pool party to go to but
2: i i, I would love yeah, to have you back I'd on and it. we can certainly connect uh offline as well but what what's next for Hari? you know you, you talked about you know the Hari of high school college like where do you see yourself five years from now that's the favorite question everyone likes to ask <laughs> <laughs>
1: five years is it, it took me five years to get where i am now yeah i didn't know i was here so i take it uh, maybe i can vision it in one year two years but um we're coming out with summer camp this summer starting june 1st so this tuesday um we're probably we have a lot of ships out there talking with a lot of organizations that you know i've been writing proposals pretty much you know, I, I post on LinkedIn, but I've recently kind of slowed it down because, you know, this past month we've had a lot of wins mm-hmm. and you don't need the clout that comes from the wins all the time. Right. You, know, you just went inside, work in the shadows. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, we just kind of, we just kind of grow and deeper roots and the more kids that we help, you know, five years down the road, they might even want to join Zoptic's. Who knows, right? And that could be once they're there. It's a trust thing. You have to build trust with people, employees, customers, whoever. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, five years down the road, I'll probably be 33. And who knows? I might not even be in education. Maybe I'll go into biotech and do other things. Um, But it's just, you know, the next challenge. Just take it as it comes.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Take it as it comes. Okay, last last one. Last one before we wrap it up. I want, <laughs> You're just trying to outdo me, you know? I, I thought I had the last one. I got time. a good one for you, Hari. You're ready for this. Okay. What yeah, advice me, me. what advice would you give to the younger generation? I'm not gonna say your younger self, because I feel like you've you've given yourself a lot. I wanna, what advice would you give to people that say that are in that high school to college and college to real life phase? And then what is that, what advice would you give to people that are maybe a little bit older than us that are reevaluating where they're at in their life. You know, what like hey, maybe they're at a, they're at a point where they're like I need to make a decision or do this or do that. What advice would you give those people?
1: Well, the way I see advice is I don't want to take I don't really give advice unless it's someone that i want to be in their position if that makes sense okay yeah, yeah. Uh, so the way i see it if you're not in the position that and any it's 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 siloed right in different sectors right yeah but i would say just don't give a f about what people think <laughs> <laughs> like just don't really care about what people are going to think and just do and if you just start doing you know things work out you know it's just how it's like I think of it as like energy, you put more energy and commitment and effort into something and it might not produce results in the same way that you expect it to, but it will produce results and eventually it'll, it'll pay off. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I would say. Just just don't really care about what everyone, the, the, the gossip world and what people will say about you and what people think because everyone you know everyone's a little bit narcissistic you know, like everyone thinks about themselves a lot mm-hmm. um, it's a human thing but you know if you don't care and you just do and eventually you know people will join your crowd you know it, it's not like my family was super hyped about being being broke entrepreneur hard because <laughs> <laughs> I, I you know it, it's a constant state of like being broke to actually having money rolled in and to investing and really bringing it back in so um you know just do what you want, and there's only one life to live, so don't care about what uh, it's not their life to live, so don't care about what they think. So,
0: uh, well, I love that. I love the uh, I think it, it reminded me of like uh, just a quick add to that is I feel like a lot of the times younger people are like, Well, I've got all the time in the world, so I don't need to do as much as like I want to go out and party. I want to go, and then there's nothing wrong with partying, or we've all been there. but but they want to go out and do all this. Spend their energy on all of these these ancillary things that aren't really moving the ball forward because they're like, Well, I got I got the time. There's too many distractions yeah. in the world is what it is. Versus like I'm young enough and energetic enough, like why take advantage of this and go do and not don't worry about being what everybody else wants you to be and just focus on like what you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and I just feel like I mean I've given that my that advice to my brother and sister, my younger brother and sister in law is like, you know, you've got the the freedom the energy and the youth to make a lot of mistakes and learn a lot of things right now. Like do it now. So, like start learning, and do what you're passionate about. And again, you're just it's just like uh, in starting uh, retirement investing when you're 20 versus when you're 25, right? Like that's exponential growth. Compounds. I mean, it's it's you're, only five five years, but you go do like a, a map of like compounding interest, and like that's like probably hundreds, hundreds of thousands of thousand dollars, depending on how much you're investing by the end of it. So. I don't know. I just want to add that because I like that. I like that advice.
1: That's another big thing, Cole. Just having a financial backbone, like a stability, like whether it's 10 grand, one grand in the bank. Mm -hmm. Because if you're personally, at least, when I'm not financially stable, my mind just runs haywire. Yeah. Because it's just like, okay, well, I need to go make the cash now. But once you have that financial stability, you're coming from a different thinking, Uh more productive thinking. So yeah, what's the what's the financial thing? I think that's another thing. It's a great great piece of advice from you.
0: Awesome. And then for the for the future for the for the older people, let's say older
1: people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, listen
2: to him. He doesn't like giving hey, out hey, advice. Well, oh, I'm making <laughs> them. We're...
1: I mean, I think we're still young. When I was 21 ish, I thought 28 year, 27, 28 year old people were old. Mm-hmm. Same. Okay. Yep. And in, same with like teenagers and they're looking at college kids right i think we're young we're able-bodied men who are able to go out communicate work with people and and make a difference it doesn't matter if you're 30 it doesn't matter if you're 40 mm-hmm. you know it wasn't like the kfc guy captain sanders um colonel,
0: guy, colonel, colonel Sanders, colonel
1: sanders. <laughs> colonel sanders he was like 67
0: he was like 67 yeah. when he started yeah. it
1: yeah, absolutely. So there's there's no age limit to what you can make a difference on. And if it if you like what you're doing, go for it. If if what you want to do is go fish, go fish. You know, like the, at, at a certain point, the world doesn't revolve around you. And the older you are, you the older you are, you realize that. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, just do what you love and help the people around you, and everything will just work out. It's not like you're going to take your your money to the grave, right? So, um,
0: amen yeah. to that. Well said, can't take it with you, <laughs> cannot. Um, well, thank you, Hari. That was, a uh, that was awesome. I know I didn't know I was going to ask you a question. You're going to be like, well, I don't really like giving advice. I'm like, well, I already asked the question, but <laughs> no, I, I think that's, uh, I think that's spot on. And I like the, uh, comment you made about, about age not being a factor because, I think we all get in our heads and a lot of times convince ourselves that if I don't start and it, it, it's a balancing act because I'm a big believer in like starting now, don't wait, but like just because you wait doesn't mean you shouldn't start right, yeah. so it's like okay, maybe I had this thought three years ago. And now it's three years later. Oh, I can't start because it's been three years. Like, no, like maybe you should have started three years ago, but it's okay. Like start now. Like there's never the right, there's never a wrong or right time to do anything or progress or have life change or anything like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. hundred percent. Cool.
2: Yeah. Just one last comment to add to that is I've learned that the longer that I wait, it typically sets me up for a lower probability of success so just just get started uh-huh. and fail along the way you know it's all right and i think growing up we've been always taught like failing's bad you know on a on a test like you always want to have a hundred or get an a and it's like well, it's not necessarily how life works like you need to stumble um as you're learning and, and that's how you learn and in my uh mm-hmm. honest opinion it's all right to to fail now the frequency in which you fail that's where it starts to get debatable but like you want to experiment and see okay this is how this works and oh maybe I, I shouldn't do things like that but like that's what's so exciting about life is you get to uh, try different things trial and error that's what I'm man. Yeah, out.
0: I look back at like my early to like even like five. How many times I was failing? Like early twenties, like late teens. I mean, smokes, man. I was like, I mean, I'll swing one after the other. Like I didn't care. Oh man. Well, I, thanks, Hayden. I, I would totally agree with that. So uh, we are
2: officially signing off this time. We we always struggle with signing off, but again, we want to thank Hardy for coming on. Awesome story it's super cool to just hear your journey about where you started and where you are today. And it sounds like you've got a lot of good stuff in the works, uh, coming, um, in the pipeline, uh, this summer and well beyond that. So we'll continue to, to follow you. Uh, definitely would like to, uh, connect with you offline and, and hear a little bit more and, uh, maybe even an opportunity for us to, to have you back on here, uh, in the coming months just to check on in. But again, thanks for coming on the show, Hari. Cole, don't know if you have anything else that you want to... You rock, brother. Thank you so much, man. That was an awesome conversation.
1: Yeah, it's glad to be here, guys. Thanks for having me, and uh, we'll definitely keep in
2: touch. Awesome, brother. Sounds good. Thanks, everyone, for tuning on in. We will talk to you guys on the next episode. Thanks, all. Thanks, Ari. Bye.